West High School football coverage in the Granite State. Don't miss Friday Night Lights every Friday right here on ESPN New Hampshire. The quarterbacks made some great throws over the middle as well, so they've done a nice job. They come out with some different stuff. Friday Night Lights, presented by the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Centers. Now he's going to air it out down the far sideline, and it is complete. Inside the 10, and into the end zone for the touchdown goes the big receiver, Noah Chabarik. Brought to you in part by Apple Therapy, the New Hampshire Orthopedic Center, Bartis Law, Beals Insurance, and Quiznos Nashua. He's at midfield, 45, oh, this man miss. He's got one wow. to beat at the 20, cuts it inside wow. at the 15, at the 10, at the 5, wow. touchdown, Pinkerton! Live from the Merchant Auto Studios, here's Krista Kirk and Jared Scaley. Okay, Mr. Announcer Man, thank you very much. And ladies and gentlemen, welcome into a semi-final Saturday edition of Friday Night Lights presented by the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Centers, all right here on ESPN New Hampshire, 12.50 a.m. in Manchester, 900 a.m. if you're in the southern New Hampshire, Nashua area. You can also find us on the TuneIn app. Go to the website, ESPNNHradio.com, and click the Listen Live link in the top right-hand corner. Each and every one of those venues will get you my voice, for the course of the next 60 minutes, following that, Nick Anastas and the coach, Mike Bellevue, with the call from our semifinal Saturday game of the week. It's a good one. It's a rematch of our week one game of the week. Just uh, about eight weeks ago, the Merrimack Tomahawks beat Goffstown Grizzlies in the quarterfinals last Saturday, 42-7, and they will travel to Bedford today to take on the undefeated 10-0 Bedford Bulldogs. Krista Turk with you. Happy you could join me for a Saturday, semifinal Saturday edition of Friday Night Lights. So, semifinals, what that mean? That means there are four teams remaining in three divisions. That means there are six games o- over the course or across uh, the three divisions. Um, the road to Durham is one win away for a lot of these teams or for all the teams that are left standing today. In Division Three, let's start there. Bishop Brady. Uh, advancing to the semifinals last Saturday with a win over the Newport Tigers, 46 to nothing. The very, very small Bishop Brady program, only 21 players, I just heard Pete Terrier say, on the way in here to the station a couple hours ago. Uh, Bishop Brady, led by head coach Matt Shaw, looking uh, and hosting today the number three ranked in uh, Division Three Interlakes. They shut out Winnesquam last week, 42 to nothing. This game between Bishop Brady and Interlakes is a rematch of a Week 2 matchup between Interlakes and Brady. That was a 35-7 to win for Interlakes over Brady. The other half of the Division Three bracket sees the Stevens Cardinals traveling to Monadnock to take on the undefeated in Division Three, the 9-0 Monadnock Huskies. Stevens advancing to the, quarter, to the semifinals with a 32-0 blanking over Campbell Cougars. The Cardinals will travel to Monadnock today. This is a rematch of a Week 8 matchup between these two teams. That was a 20-6 victory for Monadnock. That one also in Monadnock, as is the game today. Those are the two games in Division Three. We'll preview those over the course of the next 60 minutes. In Division Two, a couple of excellent games. One you probably wouldn't have expected sitting here six, seven, eight weeks ago, beginning of the season in Division Two. The Hanover Marauders and the Bow Falcons. Bow, the seventh seed in Division Two, traveling to the three seed, Hanover Marauders. Uh, these two teams did not match up earlier in the season, so this will be the first time the Falcons have had a chance to take a look at the Marauders and vice versa. Bo advancing to the semifinals with a 27-21 upset victory over my John Stark Generals, a team that many people had uh, traveling to Durham next week to UNH to make the finals in Division Two. John Stark uh, unfortunately would not make it that far. 
Bo uh, beating John Stark 27-21 to last week in the quarterfinals. Meanwhile, on the other side, Hanover blanking, uh, or not blanking, I should say, but uh, beating the Raiders of Lebanon 13-10 to in the quarterfinals last week. As a result, they are the three seed, and they will have the home game today. That's a uh, 1 o'clock matchup between Hanover and Bo. And the other half of the Division Two bracket sees the undefeated in Division Two Wyndham Jaguars. They take their 10-0 record, and they stay home today as they will host the Plymouth Bobcats. Plymouth, the uh, four, number four seed in the tournament. Plymouth, 8-2 on the season. They beat last year's divi- defending champion in Division II, St. Thomas Saints, 28-6 last week in the quarterfinals. Plymouth will have their hands full with a very, very powerful Wyndham team. Um, that won a 1.30 start. Our uh, hardworking correspondent, Sam Lewick, will be checking in uh, about 25 minutes from now and got us a preview of that one. In Division One, a couple of uh, spectacular games covered for you today. One is our game of the week. That's Bedford and Merrimack. We'll talk more about that over the course of the next 60 minutes. But before we look at that one, let's look at the other half of the bracket between Nashua North and Exeter North, advancing to the semifinals with a 64-41 victory over Bishop Girton last week. And on the other side, Exeter, a 21-7 uh, victory over the Purple Panthers of Nashua South to uh, put them in the semifinals. So North traveling to the Seacoast to take on Exeter in a big Division One matchup today. This game uh, between Exeter and Nashua North is a rematch of a uh, of a Week 6 game of the week that we had covered for you live right here on ESPN New Hampshire. That was, uh, at the end of the day, a 42-6 victory for Exeter over Nashua North. And we'll, before we look forward to the game today, we'll look back and get you the highlights from a 42-6 victory for Exeter over Nashua North back in Week 6. First and goal with the ball about a foot away from the goal line. Yeah, a little different look right there by Exeter. They come out with a wing T tight end and wing right, dive back left. It was just a straight wide dive to Flanagan, and he is really finding creases in that defense. Well, so close they can smell it. Ball under center. Maybe calls his own number here. Yes, sir. He's going to dive forward and sneak into the end zone for the touchdown. Kyle Ball on a quarterback keeper. Scores from a yard out. And Exeter, after a lengthy first drive, punches it in for six. And the extra point is coming an 85-yard drive that just chewed up, coached the majority of the first quarter. We're going to send a tight end left and a receiver to the strong side left. Aldisari in the gun with Chase to his right. Snap taken, handoff to Chase. Far side has the corner, and he has a first down. Along the far sideline at the 40, still on his feet at midfield. Look at him go! And down to the Exeter sideline at the 30, inside the 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Nashua North! An explosive run by Tyler Chase, who found some room on the far corner and was gone down the sideline. North come out in a little different set again. They come out double tight end, flanker on each side. We call that spread aces. They ran outside zone to Tyler Chase. He kicked through an Exeter tackle. And Nick, it was Katie Bar the gate down that sideline. Inside of four minutes, T formation again, six down lineman for North. Ball under center, hard count here. Finally does take the snap, handoff Flanagan right wow. side. He's in the end zone for the touchdown. Well, he waited for that hole to open up. 
Flanagan hit it hard and landed in the end zone for Exeter's third touchdown tonight. It is 20-6 Blue Hawks. 20-6 Blue Hawks. Uh, extra point would be good. Would make it 21-6. And then Exeter would tack on a, another Cam Flanagan touchdown. This one from one yard out. And your halftime score between Exeter and National North back in uh, week six was 28-6. National North only able to manage 15 offensive plays in that first half, and the only time they would get pay dirt was that 80-yard touchdown rush by Tyler Chase, as you just heard. Kyle Ball would come out in that second half, attack on a 9-yard quarterback keeper, a couple of defensive interceptions, and before they were done, Zach Knight would get in the end zone as well for the Blue Hawks. Final score, Exeter North, Week 6, uh, 42-6, the Blue Hawks all over the National North Titans. 340 rushing yards in the on the day for Exeter. Kyle Ball it would end up being our Week 6 player of the week. He would have two rushing touchdowns, uh, from that quarterback position, one passing touchdown, and defensively two interceptions for the Blue Hawks, Cam Flanagan and Braden Lowry combining for 150-plus yards for Exeter. Um, now, taking uh, a look ahead at this game today and what each team has to do in order to get a victory, the running game for Exeter is something that National North is going to have to figure out how to stop. Let's bring in Tom King right now and get a preview. Hey, Tom. Exeter's Bill Ball Stadium, a chilly Bill Ball Stadium, the scene for Saturday's Division I semifinal between Nashua and North, coming in at 8-2, and two, and Exeter hosting at 9-1. and one. These two teams played a game in the regular season that was pretty forgettable for Nashua North, pretty memorable for Exeter, a 42-6 Blue Hawk win in Nashua at Stella Stadium. It was a typical Exeter game where they grounded out over 350 yards and held Nashville North to 15 plays in the first half. It was certainly not the way that quarterback uh, Jeff Baldessari and the Titans wanted it to go. But a key player in that game, Kyle Ball. Also, Braden Lowry, who gained over 170 yards on the ground. Typical Exeter game. If they play that way again today... Exeter is going to go to the championship game for another year. If not, the one thing that they're afraid of is that Nashville North now has scored a lot of points. They haven't lost since that Exeter game. And in the last couple of weeks against Spalding and Bishop Girton, the last three weeks, they've scored over 200 points. So it's going to be really, really interesting to see what happens in this game. Reporting from Exeter for Friday Night Lights, Saturday, Playoff Football Edition. I'm Tom King. Okay, Tom, appreciate the update there from Exeter, and we'll be following along Tom King uh, all day long. Probably get some halftime scores and statistics from him. And uh, following the conclusion of our game in the week between Merrimack and Bedford, live coverage here, a recap of a busy day across the Granite State, six semifinal games, every one of them covered for you. We'll talk to Tom King um, later in the afternoon as we take you up until 5 o'clock and uh, get a recap of what should be an excellent game between Nashville North and Exeter. I was listening to Pete Terrier, Dave Haley, and uh, um, Coach Lozon of the Londonary Lancers uh, earlier on the New Hampshire High School football show talking about what, which, if any, of these games had the opportunity, had the possibility of getting a little lopsided. And uh, for me personally, this one is one that has that possibility. National North's been very good all season long, 8-2, and two, of course, 
Um, some big offensive numbers for them, but I think the thing with Nashua North that we're really gonna you're gonna watch today is going to be what they're able to do defensively. That defensive line is really gonna have to try to stymie an Exeter um, offensive line that has uh, really just run teams over. They got size. Um, Kyle Ball, Cam Flanagan, Braden Lowry. This is a team that can run and run and run and maintain the time of possession and really just really just limit what you're able to do offensively by staying on the field um, on their offensive end. And as we said, 15 offensive plays in that first half for Nashua and North when these two teams met up back in week six. And uh, North is going to have to figure out a way to stop Exeter from running down their throats you know, limit those long 12, 14, 16 play possessions. Um, so Nashua North, the Titans have a uh, had their hands full today. We'll see what they're going to be able to do against uh, you know against an Exeter team that gave them one of their only two losses in this season. Dover back in week three, and then Exeter in week six. Only two losses for the Titans on the Titans schedule this year. So we'll uh, you know we'll see what Nashua North and Exeter can do. I would not be surprised to see this one get a little upside at Exeter. Um, Behind the the arm and the legs of Kyle Ball and the you know those those spectacular running backs Cam Flanagan and Braden Lowry, I, I imagine Bill Ball's team headed once again to UNH to take on the winner of the other Division One matchup we have for you today, and this one is a spectacular one, and we had the live play by play coverage of this one coming up uh, in about forty five forty five minutes. Nick Anastas and the coach Mike Bellevue will have the call of Merrimack and Bedford. Now we have these two teams covered for you. Very, uh, you know, very good foresight by the uh, Friday Night Lights crew. Credit the executive producer of Friday Night Lights, Nick Anastas, for picking Merrimack and Bedford as the Week One game of the week. Now, preseason New Hampshire Union leader ESPN New Hampshire Power Poll had Merrimack the two seed and Bedford the one seed. So you'd say, okay, maybe not that much foresight. Would you have anticipated that these two teams would be sitting here in the semifinal Saturday? You might have, but we saw an excellent matchup between these two teams. So before we look ahead to a uh, to preview Merrimack Bedford today, coming up in about forty five minutes, we will look back at a uh, matchup between these two team two teams, a twenty four to twenty victory for Bedford in Bedford over Merrimack. It was our Week One game of the week. Three receivers, strong side left. Robert with one to his right. Takes a low snap, looks, going to throw to his right. Into the end zone, in the corner, and is caught. Touchdown, Liam Green. A two-hand grab in the corner. Looks at the band, gives a little head nod, and now his teammates swarm him. Bedford on the board first. A 23-yard touchdown from Connor Robert to Liam Green, and the Bulldogs strike first. 3.22 to go, second quarter. First and 10 for the Merrimack 37. High snap, but handled by Robert. Now he's going to air it out down the far sideline, and it is complete. Inside the 10, and into the end zone for the touchdown goes the big receiver, Noah Chabarik. He has played well tonight, and he had the step down that far sideline. The big target, 6-4, able to pull in a beautiful pass from the junior, Carmer Robert, who pumps his right fist as he heads to the near sideline. Bulldogs lead 16-0 with the extra point on the way. Fourth and four, Merrimack gonna go for it. Grissini takes the snap on fourth down, airs it out into the end zone, near side, McKillop! Did he pull it in? It's Daniil! Touchdown! Daniil at the near side end zone marker! Wrestled it away from Owen Brown! Daniil flexing his muscles along the near sideline at the Bedford bench. 
Touchdown, Merrimack, and we've got a one-score game with 9-16 to go in the fourth quarter. Tierney to the right is the back. They go to Tierney. He looks for a crease. He turns it upfield. Is he in the end zone? Yes, he is. Touchdown, Bedford. The big back able to move the pile from the one-yard line and finish the run in the end zone. Tierney with his first touchdown of his senior season, and that may have broken the backs of the Tomahawks. 23-14, now with 3.38 to go in the fourth quarter. Clock resumes, we're coming up on 2.20. First and goal from the six. Merrimack down 10, trying to make it a one-score game again. Shotgun snap, Grassini throws near side. It is caught in the end zone for the touchdown. It's McKillop who had one-on-one -on -one coverage, able to rise and haul it in. And just like that, it's down to four. 24-20 extra point pending. 2-12 to go in the fourth quarter. Now we're gonna have to kick it left to right. Ball in the middle of the field on the tee. It's Munchuk, he's gonna come up and kick it on the ground. Near side, it's live, and it's still live. And let's see, there's a pile up here on the near side. Merrimack has it! Wow, that hit about four or five different guys and a couple on Bedford. Merrimack executing the onside kick here. It's Eichmann coming away out of the bottom of the pile with that football. Grussini at midfield takes the snap. Gonna throw, gonna throw down the seam. Looking for Daniil, did he pull it in? I think he did. Yes, he did at the 12, a diving catch. Comes with eight seconds to go. Pulled it in over the Bedford defender, Kyle Lagerquist. First and 10 from the 14, with just under eight seconds. Snaps it, spikes it, and with six seconds to go, Merrimack's gonna have at least a shot here at the end zone, maybe two. You got one shot from this distance with this amount of time left, you really gotta throw it into the end zone. I mean, you don't wanna take a chance of throwing it short of the end zone and having to hope that someone can make a play for you. I'd look for number nine, Danny McKillop, on the right sideline. He's over there with Daniil in the slot. Yeah, one-on-one -on -one coverage left side. Snap taken, and the throw, and Eichmann has it at the 10, but he's planted, and that's gonna do it. Bedford's gonna hang on. Game-winning tackle there by the senior, Eric Brown, who was all over Eichmann, and the Bulldogs celebrate in mass on the field. What a wild fourth quarter, and what a way to kick off the 2016 Friday Night Lights schedule. Yeah, well, that it was, for sure. And I remember sitting here... You know, I look back, so that was the 2nd of September. So, over two months ago, about nine, ten weeks ago, I remember sitting here late on a Friday night, recapping this game, talking to Tom King during our fireside chat, and thinking it felt like a win for Merrimack. Merrimack in that first half was terrible. Grassini was 9 of 21, 104 yards. Uh, at the halftime, he was overthrowing his receivers all over the place. And Merrimack, zero points in that first half, uh, allowing Bedford a touchdown and a field goal. And Bedford wasn't great either in that first half. Don't get me wrong. 
At the half, Connor Robert was 11 of 20, 115 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. They also had five big penalties in that first half. They had a Nick Leahy touchdown that was erased by a holding call. And uh, their only touchdown of that first half was a 23-yard completion between Robert and Liam Green, which you just heard. Um, Second half, things changed. It seemed like these two teams... We knew early on that these two teams were destined for semifinal Saturday, and one of them for sure was destined for UNH because of how spectacular they were in that second half. Grissini started throwing the ball well. And the interesting thing, too, the first touchdown uh, for Merrimack in that second half, I didn't have the clip for you because I remember it was it was very confusing what had happened, but it was a halfback pass between Alex Bronchek and Justin Weiser, 51 yards in the end zone, six points. Extra point, no good. That would get Merrimack kind of rolling. And then the next one, you just heard Grissini to Daniel, 17 yards out. Then Grissini to McKillop. And those were a couple of touchdowns for uh, Grissini on the day, which, you know, sitting here now, as we now know, record-setting most quarterbacks in the, or most touchdowns in the history of the state for a quarterback. Now, Justin Grissini setting that last week. I'm sure he'll attack on to that again this week. So you sit here now, or we sat there then, and we said, wow, it, it felt like a win for Merrimack. After that first half to come back and to be in a position to win that game, possibly, um, and to just come up just short, fantastic game between those two teams. Now, I was again, I was listening to Pete Terrier, Dave Haley, and Coach Lozano of the Londonderry Lancers um, earlier today, and they had Coach Stank on for the Bedford Bulldogs. And I thought uh, Coach Stank said something very interesting. A couple, a couple of good questions. This first one here was a question from uh, Coach Lozano about, you know, what player can you identify that could make a difference in this game? And Coach Stank said it's not one player, it's four players. Coach, uh, any anybody, any key player today that you think is going to have a that uh, have a huge impact that we don't know about, or um, someone that you know is going to play a, a a big role for you guys in order to beat them? Well, I think it's going to be four guys. The four guys are going to make the difference in this game, and they're the four senior defensive linemen we have: so Joe Tebow, um, Caleb McDonald, Jake Gregson, and. Um, I did say Joe Tebow, Brian Tebow, check that, um, and Kyle Jalbert. So those four individuals, if they can establish a rush, and they can put pressure on the quarterback, and they can redirect on the bubble screen, and they can condense on any of their counters and their reads, that's going to limit a lot of what they can do. It's not going to cut it off completely because when you stop stack and release the ball 1.28 seconds, there's no way to technically defend that with the D-line. But... Anytime he has to scramble, anytime he wants to roll out, anytime he wants to sit back there and look for a little longer, it's going to come down to whether or not we can get to him. And uh, if those boys can do it, I think we'll be in a good place. Yeah, and I see another area where you guys may have an advantage over them. I'm talking offensively for you guys against their defense. Your big receivers. I mean, Noah Shabrick, six foot four. Liam Green is over six feet tall on the other side. And then you got the smaller slot receivers like Sharuk Hussein, kid like Colby Smith. I think those two big receivers you guys have on the outsides can cause them problems and did cause them problems in the first game. Yep. Yeah, they're they're a talented group. You know, I don't think, you know, you look at our receiving core and it's really especially between three of them, you know. They all have about equal yards. They all go out and make about the same amount of plays. You know, one game, one guy might stand out. The next game, another guy might stand out. So we don't have a huge highlighter from an offensive receiving standpoint, but we do have good guys on both sides that are a little bit large on the outside. We have some skill sets on the inside. We have um, Harry Lagon who comes in number 15 and does a good job for us at wing and tight end and also slot sometimes. So, you know, we've got a good uh, assortment of receivers that are out there to, to help us out. 
Coach, uh, any... So a couple of good questions there from uh, Coach Lozon of the Lundar Lancers and uh, Pete Terrier uh, of ESPN Hampshire and NH, NH Sports page uh, of Coach Stank of the Bedford Bulldogs. And I thought the m- very interesting answer uh, was the uh, front four on the defensive line there for the Bulldogs because they understand that they're going to need to put pressure on Justin Christini. He's got the most touchdowns in the Hampshire State history in the NHIAA. He led Division One in passing yards. He has been spectacular the last few weeks. How does Bedford adjust? How does Bedford contain? Well, uh, Coach Stank thinks it's going to be the responsibility of those four guys up front um, in order to slow Grassini down. And then offensively, the size of his receivers. You know, they got some got some guys there that can catch the ball, and uh, maybe that's an advantage that Bedford can look to offensively. Your New Hampshire Orthopedic Center injury report, the senior running back for the Bulldogs, Nick Leahy, who struggled Early this season with a knee injury, um, he, we have seen better performances out of him. Seems like he is rounding back into form and uh, finally recovering from that knee injury, so he will be active today. And, uh, you know, that's New Hampshire Orthopedic Center injury report. Nick Leahy will be active and uh, recovering from that knee injury, but uh, we have seen uh, we have seen bolstered performances from him over the course of the last few weeks. So should be an excellent game between Merrimack and Bedford. It's our game of the week. Nick Anastas and the coach, Mike Bellevue, with the call, we'll send you to Bedford and get a preview of this one in about 20 minutes. Uh, get a preview uh, field side from the press box in Bedford, and we'll go to that game live in about a half an hour. Let's get a break. When we come back, we'll look to we'll turn our attention to Division Two. Sam Lewick is in Wyndham today for a big matchup between Plymouth and Wyndham. We'll look at the rest of the Division Two matchups, or Division Two and Division Three matchups, I should say. Laura DeCoster of the Safe Sports Network. We'll get to her, and then we'll send you to Bedford for your game of the week. All that and more. It's a special semifinal edition, a semifinal Saturday edition of Friday Night Lights. It's all presented by the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Centers, and it's all right here on ESPN New Hampshire. Which is worse, a trip to the hospital or the fees and bills that come with it? At the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Center, they provide a comfortable and friendly environment while offering high-quality imaging for open MRI and low-dose CAT scans and ultrasounds, all at an affordable price. Their modern technology allows for accurate diagnosis while ensuring complete patient comfort and safety. For more information or to set up an appointment, please call 603-622-3670 or visit bedfordsurgical.com or baskimaging.com. Is your business in search of commercial property? Garrison Glen Corporate Park, located in Exeter, New Hampshire, is a highly desirable suburban business park located just 10 minutes from Portsmouth. There are four lots remaining, ranging in size from approximately 10 to 20 acres. That's Garrison Glen Corporate Park in Exeter. Don't let this opportunity slip away. For more information and other property listings, visit CushmanandWakefield.com. CushmanandWakefield.com. Nashua Marine is a proud supporter of Merrimack High School football as they take on Bedford today. Owner Chris Sandell and the entire crew at Nashua Marine wish the Tomahawks the best of luck in their quest for a state championship. And they also remind boat owners that now is the time to get your boat winterized and shrink-wrapped. Do you have mechanical, structural, or electrical problems? Get your boat repaired during the off-season at Nashua Marine. And if you need a safe spot for your boat this winter, Nashua Marine offers storage too. Nashua Marine, online at nashuamarine.com. Beals Insurance Agency is proud to announce the opening of their new Londonderry office. Located on Route 102, Beals Insurance is committed to serving Londonderry, Hudson, Wyndham, and Litchfield while offering the best price and quality coverage that's right for you. Whether it's home, auto, or business insurance, 
Make the Right Call with Beals Insurance Agency. Call Steve at 603-471-9999 or visit BealsInsurance.com. Looking for a stylish place to call home? Then you need to check out the brand new apartment homes in Lowell at 24 Merrimack Street. The apartments at 24 Merrimack Street are located in historic downtown Lowell and offer unique apartment living within an historic 19th century building. Residents enjoy brand new interiors and unparalleled lifestyle amenities. Just moments from downtown Lowell's boutique shops, cafes, and entertainment. For more information, please visit 24MerrimackStreet.com. Again, that's 24MerrimackStreet.com. Tuscan Kitchen can be embodied in one word, passion. You can come in and enjoy a beautiful artisan Italian meal. You can sit at the wine bar and try one of 400 different wines. Your beautiful selection of handcrafted Italian pastries. Uh, all of the homemade pastas are available to take home. Simple, fresh ingredients, time-honored scratch preparation. It really is as simple as that. Come see us at Tuscan Kitchen in Burlington. We can't wait to celebrate our passion for artisan Italian with you. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't seen your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed. And they're the stuff inside your stuff. Even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs. And it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover keytar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. You're listening to Manchester's home of the Boston Celtics. It's ESPN New Hampshire. Krista Turk back with you, a special semifinal Saturday edition of Friday Night Lights presented by the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Centers on ESPN New Hampshire. We already covered the f- preview, the two Division One games we have matched up for you today, and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about them as we take you up until uh, 1 o'clock and the uh, kickoff of our game of the week between Merrimack and Bedford. Now it's time to uh, turn our attention a little bit to the Division Two and the Division Three games we got today. The first one to preview um, is has probably the most explosive team in Division Two and Division Three. The number one ranked overall Wyndham Jaguars, undefeated season, 10-0, beat up on Hollis Brookline 52-7 last week. A uh, big day for them, hosting the number four Plymouth Bobcats, 8-2 on the season. And our own correspondent, Sam Lewick, is uh, in Wyndham today to set the scene for us. Hey, Sam. Hey, man. How's it going? Good. How are you doing today? Pretty good. What? Um, let's start with um, Plymouth, because Plymouth comes into this one um, as the underdogs for sure. Um Eight and two. They had a good good game over St. Thomas last week, twenty eight to six. What specifically does Plymouth have to do in order to stop what has been an absolute power horse or powerhouse, uh, the Wyndham Jaguars running game? 
Yeah, Vic Pizzotti's just been huge for uh, Plymouth, or for, sorry, for Wyndham all season. I think he totaled four touchdowns last week over a pretty good Hollis Brookline team, but Wyndham made him look silly. They won that game by 45. Uh, Plymouth needs to be pretty flawless, especially with a team as dangerous as Wyndham. Got to limit penalties and win the turnover battle. And not play conservative, I think, because I think that's what where games with elite teams can really get out of hand. Plymouth offensively last week in that St. Thomas game, they won 28-6, but they did not attempt one single pass in that game. How, if you're Plymouth, do you continue to have success on the ground when it's so obvious what your plan is offensively? Yeah, their ground game has been sufficient all season, but Wyndham has one of the nastiest defenses in all high school football, Division One, Two, or Three. So I think it's going to be an extremely tough challenge to establish a ground game and keep it going all afternoon. The guys to look for in the Bobcats, Garrett Maycumber. He led Division Two in rushing yards this season. Between him and Owen Brickley last week, combined for 250 yards and three touchdowns for Plymouth. And you expect them to run the ball early and often today against Wyndham. But as you said, Sam, and I think you made a good point, not only is Wyndham explosive offensively, but they got the best defense in Division Two. Yeah, no doubt about it. Now, Wyndham offensively, you already mentioned Victor Pizzotti, four touchdowns in that win over Hollis Brookline. They had 342 yards on the ground. Um, they got other players that can play too, Royce Belsky and Parker Belsky offensively. Cody Potter um, is a capable quarterback, doesn't throw the ball a ton. You expect to see the same out of Wyndham as we've seen over the last few weeks, run, run, run all day long for the Jaguars? I do. I think Pizzotti's the X factor today, but if worst comes to worst, they've got a lot of different guys they can go to in the backfield or at QB to establish any kind of offensive game that they need to. All right, so we're going to talk, you know, in about two and a half, three hours, and we're going to recap this one live here on the air on uh, Friday Night Lights, a special semifinal Saturday edition. So say Plymouth is able to create the, you know, come come away with a huge, probably the biggest upset all season long, uh, biggest upset we've seen in a long time with an upset over Wyndham today. We're sitting here two and a half hours from now, and you're explaining to me how it happened. How does it happen? How does Plymouth pull off the upset over Wyndham today? If they can contain Pizzotti uh, completely under 50 yards, no touchdowns, and establish their run game and use it effectively, I think that's their best key to success today. Uh, I could see Plymouth pulling off an upset. It would be unbelievable if they were able to do that. Um, I don't think it's going to happen, but I wouldn't be sitting here stunned two and a half hours from now should it be the case. Okay, Sam, appreciate it. Enjoy the uh, a, a good semifinal matchup out there in Division Two, and we'll talk to you after the game. Awesome, thank you. Yep, appreciate it. Sam Louis checking in for Friday Night Lights presented by the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Centers. I mentioned in Division One that uh, that North Exeter game had the potential to be one of the lopsided affairs today. I think this one would be the other one. Uh, Plymouth has been good all season long, but they're kind of um, you know one dimensional. They run the ball. They run the w- run the ball well, but they didn't attempt one single pass in that win over St. Thomas. Now they didn't need to. That's a 28-6 win over St. Thomas, a St. Thomas team, you know, defending champions in Division Two, but certainly not a uh, a typical season for the Saints. So they didn't need to pass the ball. But this is a Plymouth team that, you know, Garrett Maycomer's been good all season long, as I said. Potential uh, injury for Owen Brickley. I heard Pete Tyre talking about that earlier, so that's something we'll have to watch on our New Hampshire Orthopedic Center injury report there, the status of Owen Brickley. But uh, Plymouth um, and Wyndham, one of those games where Plymouth is going to have to get out to an early lead and then just hold on against a team in Wyndham that not only is just dominant offensively, but also the best defense in Division Two. Other game in Division Two that uh, we're going to keep our eye on for you today, 
the number seven Bo Falcons, eight and two, traveling to the number three ranked Hanover Marauders, nine and one. Hanover defensively, they were able to hold the one of the best rushers, if not the best rusher in Division Two, Ryan Milliken of the Lebanon Raiders, sixty-four yards on twenty attempts last week in that quarterfinal um, matchup between Hanover and Lebanon. That was, uh, as I said earlier a 13 to 10 victory for Hanover. So, defensively, great rush defense for this Marauders team. Um, in that game, offensively for the Marauders, Caleb Putnam, 30 rushes, 100 yards and a touchdown um for Hanover, the uh only touchdown of the day. Um or you know, they had two touchdowns in the day, a 13 to 10 win. Um did Hanover. Now, on the other side, the Bow Falcons, as I said, 8 and 2. Um they pulled off what has been the biggest upset so far in the playoffs with that upset over John Stark, 20, 27-21. They're led by the quarterback, Matt Harkins. Tight end Nate Alford had an excellent day in that 27-21 victory over John Stark. 11 receptions, 181 yards, and a touchdown. So look for uh, Nate Alford um, offensively. Quarterback Matt Harkins and Nate Alford to be connecting for both Falcons if they want to pull off an upset over Hanover today. And then in Division Three, you got a couple of good games as well. Number four, Stevens, seven and two, traveling to number one, Monadnock, nine and zero. Oh. So your only three undefeated teams left in the state are Monadnock in Division Three, Wyndham in Division Two, and Bedford in Division One. Um, Wyndham and Monadnock, overwhelming favorites in their two games. Funny thing, in that Bedford Merrimack game, I think people are seeing that as a very close contest between the two. A lot of people picking Merrimack, um, but Division Three, Monadnock, Linwood, Patnod's team. Um, 9-0, and as I said. These two teams met up back in Week 8. That was a 20-6 victory for Monadnock. Now, the thing about Monadnock is, and the thing for Stevens, I guess, for both these teams, if Stevens wants a chance, they are going to have to um, really limit Monadnock offensively. they got a couple of great running backs, Levi Bassingthwaite and Jared Redfield. Monadnock's defense has allowed 31 points all season long. Yeah, that's, that's not just one game. I remember beginning of the season, we were seeing a lot of 50- and 60-point performances by teams, you know, regularly week one, week two, week three. Monadnock allowed 31 points all season long. For Stevens, uh, Paul Silva's team, the running back Richard Bell, somebody to watch for Stevens, 672 yards and 14 touchdowns on the season. And then that week, mat- week eight matchup between these two teams, the 20-6 victory for Monadnock, uh, Stevens attempting uh, 14 uh, rush attempts in that game, only 27 yards against that powerful Monadnock defense. The other matchup in Division Three, the other semifinal matchup, I should say, number three Interlake, seven and two, traveling to number two Bishop Brady. Bishop Brady eight and one. These two teams met up in Week Two. That was a 35 to seven victory for Interlakes in that game. Ryan Kelly, the quarterback, the excellent quarterback for Interlakes, 17 of 21, 308 yards and two touchdowns. Um, Andrew Brothers, a name you've been hearing us say, us call year or week after week here on the program. Nine rushes, 133 yards, and two touchdowns on the ground. And uh, Zach Swanson, the tight end for Interlakes, four receptions for 76 yards. John Francis' team going to look to pull off an upset. Um, I don't even know if it would be an upset, really. I guess uh, if you look at the seedings, it would be. But uh, Interlakes, the bigger program. And uh, Bishop Brady, very, very small program there. Matt Shaw's team led by Joe Bernard at quarterback, Rich Sullivan, um, and probably the most spectacular offensive player for Brady for the Giants is their running back, Moses Morenzi. So that's your Division Two and Division Three matchups today. Let's uh, turn our attention now to some youth safety sports. 
If you're familiar with the program, Nick Anastas gets an opportunity to sit down with Laura DeCoster of the Safe Sports Network. This being Youth Sports Safety Week, Nick sat down with Laura DeCoster earlier this week to talk a little safety in youth sports, and we're bringing that conversation right now. Laura DeCoster of the Safe Sports Network joins us here on Friday Night Lights. Good afternoon, Laura. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm good. And good. today is a big date on your calendar. November the 12th, the start of Youth Sports Safety Week. It's going to go all week. Concussion testing, physicals, coaching advice, a lot of stuff to sign up for. Uh, I guess the bad news is, well, not really bad news, but but you guys are pretty full for a lot of these events. Um, I hope it's not too late to drive some last-minute folks down there. Uh, the the response this year has been great. Lots of people are signed up, and in fact, all of our concussion uh, testing slots for Saturday are full. And um, we've got some. I think we've got some times uh, in the next week. But if people go to the webpage and they try to sign up for times uh, and they can't get in there, they can give us a call uh, at six zero three six two seven nine seven two eight. And we can see if we can find another spot for them if they need testing. Yep. And again, that website is nhmi.net or safesportsnetwork.org. You got it. Same uh, same website, but two different addresses. And um, and as you just heard, the phone number six two seven nine seven two eight. All right. The concussion baseline testing, which we talked about, that's open to youth, middle, and high school athletes, age ten and up. And we described a little bit about what goes into that baseline testing over the past couple of weeks. There's actually a brief video about C3 Logics testing that's up on up on your website again, nhmi.net or safesportsnetwork.org. Um, anything in addition concerning the the concussion testings that you can you can talk about, or or is it pretty much what we already discussed and what is up on the website right now? Um, I think pretty much what we already discussed. Saturday's uh, um, baseline testing event is just the C3 Logics, and the uh, area high schools, um, we're doing both the C3 Logics and the computer-based test. So I, I guess that's uh, something as if people have had one but not the other, and they're not aware that this year there's that new requirement, they might want to check with us and see uh, where they are in terms of meeting that requirement so that they're able to try out for winter sports, which I know we're still uh, doing football, but winter sports start starting here right. in the next week. So, right. Yeah. Right around the corner. Right. Again, Laura DeCoster of the Safe Sports Network is joining us today. The 12th of November marks the start of Youth Sports Safety Week. Concussions on Saturday. Tuesday is a big day for coaches as well, CPR slash AED training. What goes into that? Um, well, it's it's sort of your normal CPR class, except it's taught with sports in mind, and it's taught by us. And so, uh, for example, I mean, the best example, the easiest reason that it would make a difference to, for um for people to understand how it would make a difference to be taught by us is if you're a football coach, for example, and or a hockey coach or, you know, lacrosse or any a sport where they're wearing equipment, how do you deal with that equipment? Because you can't give CPR through it. How do you get it off? What's the safest way to do that? And so we talk about the kinds of 
things that they're going to be facing. We, we are not doing a first aid class this Tuesday or this Youth Sports Safety Week, but we do have first aid available, and that gets even more into things that coaches are more likely to see than, you know, it, it's sports-specific, if you will. Right. Yeah. So right. That can be really helpful. Sports physicals coming up Wednesday as well, Wednesday night, 5.30 to 7 at the New Hampshire Orthopedic Center, uh, 9 Washington Place in Bedford. Again, the forms, everything you need online to register ahead of time at nhmi.net and at safesportsnetwork.org. Youth Sports Safety Week, the topic with Laura DeCoster, the executive director of the Safe Sports Network. Anything else to add, Laura? I know you guys have kind of a nice problem to deal with in in terms of the numbers more folks coming out than maybe you expected but um any final thoughts here as as we go into youth sports safety week well yeah i'd like to uh shout out a super big thanks to our sponsors you know both the ones that are sort of there every day of the year making sure that that this organization can continue to do uh good deeds and that's apple therapy and the bedford ambulatory surgical center and then uh, the New Hampshire Orthopedic Center is also a big sponsor, making sure that kids are safe out there every day. Specific to Youth Sports Safety Week, we've got CoreFlex and Harvard Pilgrim Healthcare and uh, OrthoCare Medical and uh, New Hampshire um, commercial business uh, real estate folks, uh, Down Dog Flow Yoga, Ben & Jerry's Catholic Medical Center, Runner's Alley, New Hampshire Eye, and uh, Allegra Marketing and Printing, all these groups, you know, kicked in to make this event possible. Right. And, again, a lot of people just take the fact that there's a trainer on the sideline for granted or that there's a coach who knows what, what to do in a, in a type of situation, emergency type of situation. Um, that stuff is not for granted. That's the, those are the services you guys provide. And, uh, and, of course, Youth Sports Safety Week is a big part of what you do. We appreciate it. Thank you. All right, until next time, Laura, good luck this week. I'm sure you all have your hands full, and we'll talk again soon. All right, awesome. Thank you. I want to thank Laura DeCoster of the Safe Sports Network um, for all season long. Take sitting down, taking some time to talk to Nick and ask us about safety in youth sports, very important topic. We always appreciate Laura coming on and joining us for those conversations. We're going to get a break here. When we come back, we're going to send you to Bedford. I uh, was just talking to Nick Anastas, and it is loud in Bedford. They are ready to go for our game of the week between Merrimack and Bedford, so it really should be a good one. Also, a reminder, next Saturday, finals from UNH. 12 straight hours of high school football coverage right here on ESPN New Hampshire, starting with the New Hampshire High School Football Show, Pete Terrier and Dave Haley at 9. And then 11 o'clock is kickoff of the D3 2.30 is the Division Two Championship game kickoff, and then 7 o'clock is the, or 6 o'clock is the Division One kickoff, Division kickoff of the Division One Championship game. We will have 12 straight hours of high school football coverage for you next Saturday from UNH, a special finals edition of Friday Night Lights presented by the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Center. Let's get a break. When we come back, we'll send you to Bedford for a preview. Nick Anastas and the coach, Mike Bellevue, with the call of our game of the week between Merrimack and Bedford on a semifinal Saturday edition of Friday Night Lights. The Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy, weekdays from 3 to 6 on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. Can we come up with something original when when the Bruins struggle other than fire Chloe Julian? You have one of the worst assessments 
assembled blue lines in the history of the organization. It's up there. <laughs> yeah, it's up there. The man who you think you should be depending on to carry the load is 39, and his legs are giving out on him, and he skates like he's in molasses. The Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy, weekdays from 3 to 6 on ESPN New Hampshire Radio, and streaming live on ESPNNHradio.com. Tuscan Kitchen can be embodied in one word, passion. You can come in and enjoy a beautiful artisan Italian meal. You can sit at the wine bar and try one of 400 different wines. Your beautiful selection of handcrafted Italian pastries. Uh, all of the homemade pastas are available to take home. Simple, fresh ingredients, time-honored scratch preparation. It really is as simple as that. Come see us at Tuscan Kitchen in Burlington. We can't wait to celebrate our passion for artisan Italian with you. Which is worse, a trip to the hospital or the fees and bills that come with it? At the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Center, they provide a comfortable and friendly environment while offering high-quality imaging for open MRI and low-dose CAT scans and ultrasounds, all at an affordable price. Their modern technology allows for accurate diagnosis while ensuring complete patient comfort and safety. For more information or to set up an appointment, please call 603-622-3670 or visit bedfordsurgical.com or baskimaging.com. In southern New Hampshire, there's only one choice when it comes to the best in orthopedic care. New Hampshire Orthopedic Center has been providing award-winning treatment for all orthopedic conditions for over 40 years. Chances are one of our physicians has helped someone you know get back in motion. Voted best orthopedic office by union leader three years running. Voted top doctors 30 times by peers in New Hampshire Magazine. Tell your primary care physician you'd like to see a specialist at New Hampshire Orthopedic Center. We keep bodies in motion. Visit NHOC.com for more information. Nashua Marine is a proud supporter of Merrimack High School football as they take on Bedford today. Owner Chris Sandell and the entire crew at Nashua Marine wish the Tomahawks the best of luck in their quest for a state championship. And they also remind boat owners that now is the time to get your boat winterized and shrink wrapped. Do you have mechanical, structural, or electrical problems? Get your boat repaired during the off-season at Nashua Marine. And if you need a safe spot for your boat this winter, Nashua Marine offers storage too. Nashua Marine, online at nashuamarine.com. Is your business in search of commercial property? Garrison Glen Corporate Park, located in Exeter, New Hampshire, is a highly desirable suburban business park located just 10 minutes from Portsmouth. There are four lots remaining, ranging in size from approximately 10 to 20 acres. That's Garrison Glen Corporate Park in Exeter. Don't let this opportunity slip away. For more information and other property listings, visit CushmanandWakefield.com. CushmanandWakefield.com. Hey sports fans, Cam Rogers here for the good people at Rogers Marketing. Individual small business owners and large corporations alike have trusted Rogers Marketing for over 16 years to provide exceptional promotional products and services. Find out how Rogers Marketing can assist with your safety programs, trade show programs, company outings, and so much more. Contact Lori and Neil Rogers at 603-888-5862. That's 603-888-5862. Sports? How about the Red Sox, Bruins, Patriots, Celtics? Hear them all on ESPN New Hampshire. All right, welcome back to a semifinal Saturday edition of Friday Night Lights presented by the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Centers right here on ESPN New Hampshire. Six games covered for you across the Granite State. Two in each of the three divisions, and our game of the week is an exciting one between Merrimack and Bedford. And for the first time today, we send you to Bedford, Nick Anastas, Pete Terrier, and the coach, Mike Bellevue. Hey, Nick. Hey, Nick. That's us. Oh, 
Hey, Chris. Caught hey. me off guard. I apologize. We're uh, we're here high above a gathering crowd, and we may have the best seat in the house for the most anticipated game of the season at this point. I think it's fair to say a rematch of Week One's Bedford and Merrimack thriller that came down to the final play and. Well, this time it's for real, so to speak. The winner goes to the championship game. Bedford with an undefeated season on the line, looking to return for the first time, or the second time, I should say, in three seasons, while Merrimack, they just won their first playoff game in over two decades back on, back on uh, last Saturday. So both teams kind of going through the pregame warm-ups. Big crowd here, as we expected, and... As I'm joined by Coach Bellevue and, and Pete Terrier, I guess I'll start with Coach. I mean, this is what it's this is what it's all about. Right? Uh, this is amazing. This is we're high above. I, as Johnny Most used to say, high above courtside. There you go. High above the field on a beautiful, beautiful November Saturday. This place is going to be jumping. It already is. People are still flying up. There's all kinds of traffic. This football game really features two outstanding teams. They've been ranked one and two in the Power Poll all year long. And uh, I'm just excited to get going. How about you, Pete? Oh, I'm pumping up. I mean, we've been waiting basically since week one for this rematch when Bedford uh, took down Merrimack 24-20. to 20. We're all here in shorts, you know. Yeah, yeah. And it's not that bad weather-wise no, here today. Nice. I think it's around 50 degrees. The wind has died down a lot from yesterday. Yep. And I think we got the two best football teams in the state of New Hampshire. Unfortunately, one of them's going home after today. The other one's moving on to the championship game at UNH. But I think like last year... The two best teams are playing each other for the right to get to the title game. You know, Exeter might have something to say about that. Uh, yes, they're at they home might. today against North, and they're certainly a proud program. And they went to the ship last year, and they got blown out by Goffstown. So if they can get back there, I see them playing real yeah. strong next week. And in a lot of ways, really the new school brand of football, so to speak, is on display today. Really sure. both sides, the spread, of course, that's that's caught fire in terms of popularity across the state, across divisions. But... Perhaps no two schools do it better than these two today, Bedford and Merrimack. Oh, I completely agree. You're going to see a Merrimack team like to spread the ball out with, the, with an option of wanting to throw the ball first and run it second, so to pass, to set up the run. You're going to see, I think, a different version out of Bedford. They like to run the big fullback or tailback. Leahy, Nick Leahy, he's an outstanding player coming back from an early season knee injury. You're going to see them try to establish the, the line of scrimmage and then mix in the short passing game. So a little bit of a vertical passing game yep. with Merrimack. They do it well with Justin Grassini and certainly Connor Roberts, no slouch at all. He's an outstanding quarterback for the Bedford Bulldogs, and he runs the spread really well. Pete, what about defensively here? Obviously, it's going to be, I think, fought one in the air if you're Bedford, especially defensively. What does the matchup look like? Yeah, you got to get some pressure on Grassini, which isn't easy to do because he gets rid of the ball so quickly. Kind of like teams trying to get pressure on Brady and the New England Patriots. You got to get that pressure up the middle and you got to get to him quick, get him a little bit uncomfortable, unbalanced, maybe throw off the back foot. They were able to do that to a certain extent, especially the first three quarters of that game. You remember, Merrimack didn't even score until the fourth quarter and they had to use a trick play, a halfback option pass to do it. So. The key to me, as far as I'm concerned, get pressure on Grassini. You don't have to sack him ten times, you know. Just get him a little bit uncomfortable, yep. and that'll help you defensively against this high-powered Merrimack offense. Well, we know one thing. It should be a memorable game and perhaps one to tell the grandkids about. Bedford at 10-0. Merrimack 9-1. Captain's about to go to midfield. 
which means we go back to the studio. We'll rejoin the action and kick off in a few minutes. Chris? Thank you very much, Nick. Yeah, play-by-play coverage around the corner. Merrimack and Bedford, it's our game of the week. Just a reminder, at the end of the quarter, at the end of the half, we'll get you Beals Insurance scoreboard updates, get you all the scores from all six games in all the semifinal matchups across all three divisions in the Granite State. And then following the game, we'll have post-game, we'll have a wrap of this one, get the scores, replay the highlights for you, get the statistics from the other games across the Granite State. North and Exeter, Tom King there for us, Sam Lewick at Plymouth and Wyndham, Bo Falcons, Hanover Marauders in Division Two, and then Division Three games covered for you as well between... Manadnock and Stevens and Bishop Brady and Interlakes. So we'll take our final break, and when we come back, we'll send you directly to Bedford for our game of the week between Merrimack and Bedford, semifinal Saturday edition of Friday Night Lights, presented by the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Centers, all right here on ESPN New Hampshire. 